what's good, my amazing friends. This is Sarah Grace, and you are listening to The Remedy. Hey, you guys, let me talk to you about my week. Oh my gosh. So I had, you guys, I had a wild experience this week. I went to an active shooter preparedness class. It was put on by one of our local rifle ranges and sheriff's department, and I am so, so grateful to the Kendall County Sheriff's Department and to Apache Rifle Works here in Texas for putting on this amazing, informative class that has given just regular citizens like me knowledge and helping prepare us for some very real situations that are happening in our world more and more, it seems. And we're not going to get in the weeds today of why that's happening and, you know, who's causing it and all this kind of stuff. Because, you know, that conversation is a deep one and it can go down some pretty deep rabbit holes that that's not what this show is about. But I want to talk to you about this experience that I had. And, you know, the information in this class was so hard to take, you guys. I am a very sensitive person. And some of you know that I worked in medicine for a long time. um, And a lot of the time that I was in the medical field, I worked in trauma, trauma medicine in level one trauma centers. And uh, if you've been on this uh, podcast for any length of time, you'll know that your girl here, she has a bit of a anxiety issue and a bit of a panic problem. And so I don't love adrenaline. (laughs) Me and adrenaline, we don't really get along. I don't ride roller coasters. I don't do anything, anything that sparks adrenaline. I got my own internal roller coaster on the regular. So, so working in a field where every single day was a roller coaster, the helicopters were landing on the building, traumas coming in, alarms going off, people coming in with all manner of incredibly difficult life circumstances. And we would hold it together to take care of the situation at hand. But then when I would get home from my job, I would fall apart. I was not created for that life. I am about that life. So actually, I ended up leaving medicine and going into my job doing skincare and a much more relaxing and calm environment, and then also into ministry. Acute medicine, and especially trauma, that's not what God created me for. (laughs) So here we are, we find ourselves in this class, and they're playing videos, and they are playing 911 tapes, and they're playing actual footage from some of these incredibly horrendous active shooter situations that really have happened. People really have died. And the videos that we watched, you guys, it was hard. It was hard to take, but the information was there. It was, it was done so that we could 
analyze the situation as a group and with these sheriff experts who have been on the scene of many, many incredibly traumatic scenes and the people who have survived and the people who haven't and how to be um, a better, uh, how to better assist is what I'm trying to say, how to better assist other people in those situations, you know, not just how to protect yourself, but how to help others so that we can save as many people as possible if, God forbid, we're ever caught up in that kind of scenario. But to say that watching those videos and hearing those 911 calls was disturbing is a total understatement. I understand it's necessary to drive home the absolute seriousness of what we were there to train for and all of the drills that we ran the analysis that we did, the life-saving advice that was given by those who have experience in this field, it was necessary to see it all. And I was grateful to be there. I'm grateful for the knowledge and the wisdom that was imparted to me via the people who were there. I'm so grateful. But there is some advice that was given during this session that has bounced around in my mind ever since. There's one thing that stood out to me as mind-bending. And this advice, this life-saving advice, is completely against my nature. And no, it isn't something having to do with being a superhero or anti-anxiety. No, the constable who is giving the course He's lived through these scenarios. He has had a lifetime of real world experience and has seen things that, oh, I pray to God, I cannot even fathom or ever, ever see. And of all of the advice that he gave that was priceless based on his experience, one thing, one piece of advice, man, I've been replaying this over and over and over in my mind, that when people are faced with unreal circumstances, all of a sudden, you're living through your worst nightmare. Great fear overcomes you. Anxiety, your heart starts to race, your, your mind starts to cloud over because of these fear responses that happen in your body when tragedy is before you. And some people, their instinct is to stand up and fight. And some people, their instinct is to run. You know, you've heard of the fight or flight response, and that kicks in. But for some people, their response to great tragedy is to freeze in place, right where they are, totally immovable. You're shaking them, move, 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 let's go, let's go. Out this door, out that window, come with me, come with me. Come with me if you want to live. But these people, they're frozen in place. They won't listen. They won't come with you. The advice that has been hard for me to swallow, the advice was that you have to leave them. You leave them behind. You go on to the next person that you can save. If you don't, the consequences of staying with the immovable person means that less lives can be saved, including your own. Working in medicine, my heart, you guys, was to save people, to save them by any means necessary. And while I'm no longer in medicine, that mentality 
still carries over into ministry. You guys, I want to do whatever I can to save people by any means necessary. So the thought of leaving someone behind who their choice is to stay stuck, it's foreign to me. I've never been in the military, but I know that there's a leave no man behind mentality. And I I couldn't quite swallow the leave the person behind. But then it hit me that there's a far cry difference between someone who doesn't want to be saved and someone who has chosen to dig their heels in and someone who's in battle with you, who wants to be saved, the leave no man behind. It's totally different than someone who has chosen and has let you know by being immovable that this is where they've chosen to be. It's not how I would want them to respond. No, not at all. (laughs) If I'm telling you to move and we're running, 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 you better run. (laughs) And I've talked about this before. I ain't a runner. If you see me running, you better run too, because something's chasing me. You know what I'm saying? It's not how I want you to respond. But you guys, I can only answer for myself and I can only be obedient. Did I try? If the answer is yes, then it means that my task is done. Have you tried? If you have, and they've chosen not to listen, if they've chosen to ignore the truth, sometimes for your own sanity, for your own safety, life preservation, also to use your time wisely by moving on to others who will receive and heed the warning, that's often exactly what you're called to do. Sometimes, you guys, I feel like I'm in a crowded theater and I am screaming fire and, and, and the building is on fire and no one, no one gets up. So does that mean that I stay in the burning theater with the people who won't get out? Man, this has been such a hard one for me to ruminate on. Really hard, you guys, to come to the realization that some people won't be saved. I've had to think long and hard about this. And then, you know, kind of a what would Jesus do scenario. So whenever I have a question about something and you guys, I don't have all of the answers. I don't. Yes, my show is called The Remedy, but I'm not the one who has the remedy. The remedy is found in the word of God. So when I have a question, where do I go? I go to the word. And there are actually four times in the New Testament where we see a scenario play out. And no, it's not some, you know, crazy, tragic circumstance that we're talking about. But we're talking about a crazy, tragic circumstance of people rejecting the gospel, which is this world is essentially an active shooter situation. This is the sinking Titanic. And when people are offered, a ticket in that lifeboat. There are people who reject that. There are three accounts by three of the apostles that followed Jesus, and we have one admonishment by Paul. And in all four instances, the end result is shaking the dust off of your feet and moving on. We have Matthew chapter 10, verse 14. We have Luke chapter 9, verse 5. We have Mark chapter 6, verse 11, and Matthew, Luke, and Mark all give an account of Jesus saying, if any place will not receive you, and they will not listen to you, when you leave, 
shake off the dust that is on your feet as if it's a testimony against them. Almost as if that dust itself is is cursed as well, you know? And then because, you know, it's kind of like, what, Jesus, did you just say? In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus goes on to kind of clarify. In verse 15, he says, Truly I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. (laughs) Whoa. Shaking the dust off of your feet is basically like, I am washing my hands of this. I tried. I'm moving on. Shaking the dust off your feet back then was a reality. And, you know, a great illustration by Jesus. But for us, it's basically that you've done all that can be done in a situation and you carry no further responsibility for it or for them. You do what you can. You warn who you can. You shake awake who you can. I've heard many say, "Ah, I'm not here anymore to wake any more sleeping sheep. I'm only waking other lions. You may have heard that. You even may have said it or thought it. (laughs) And as I've said before, I get the frustration that bore that statement into existence. If you're someone that wants to leave no one behind, like I am, then the sentiment like dusting off your feet or, you know, washing your hands of a situation and keep on walking or, you know, like that training that I went to where you literally leave if they won't move with you. It is a really hard concept to take in. But you guys, this is war. This is a spiritual one that is manifesting also in the natural world before us. Now, we've done whole shows on spiritual battle that's going on right now. We've done whole shows on the armor of God and the sword and the battlefield. And if you've been following this podcast, you are no stranger to this concept or these facts. If this is your first episode, hey, welcome to the party. It is a good time here. I am telling you what. But if you've shared the gospel, if you've stood for truth during this time right now, if you've spoken truth and were rejected, you are free to walk away with a clear conscience, knowing that you have done what you were called to do. There are situations in our lives where God calls us to stand firm, to proclaim truth. And sometimes we need to continue in that situation until our calling is through. But there are other times that God gives us the freedom to move on. In fact, he tells us to, where we figuratively shake off the dust from our feet. Of course, we surrender those people to the Lord and the Holy Spirit. He's always at work. But Jesus's instruction to us is to shake the dust off of our feet. And it reminds us that we are only responsible for our obedience to God, not for the results. We're seed planters, and sometimes we're called to be plant tenders, but we aren't responsible if those seeds germinate or take root. If you've ever gardened, you sure know what I'm talking about. Oy vey, is it a challenge. Man, you plant your seeds and you have your little pods that you soak and, you know, you do it just right and the right amount of depth and you make sure that you've got it, you know, greenhouse covered and you're waiting, 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 and you're, oh, please, you know, where are the little sprouts? And oh, here comes the sprouts. And 
Oh my gosh, you cannot wait until those seeds sprout. But sometimes you plant and plant and plant and not a single seed sprouts. If I could have all of the seeds sprout by my will, (laughs) I would be a master gardener, but I'm not. You can't will your seeds to, to, to sprout or thrive. But if they don't, you don't keep wasting water and nutrients and time on bunk seeds. No, you plant more and then you tend to those. You keep moving forward. You guys, there are fields ripe for the harvest. And many, many, many need to hear the truth. So don't get hung up on those who are hell-bent on their own destruction. I hate, I hate the thought of leaving someone behind. I can only imagine the heart of God and how He hates the thought of being cast off by people that He loves. Those who have turned their back on the saving truth. Those who have rejected His lifeboat off of this sinking ship. You guys, that's why I urge you today. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says, and I urge you today to surrender your life to the Lord. Jesus is coming back. Today, we are closer to that than we've ever been. And hey, if you peep your eyes open and you look around, you'll see how close we really are. So, like Arnold in The Terminator, come with me if you want to live. I love you guys, and until next week, peace. Hey friends, this is Sarah Grace. I want to share a cause that's close to my heart. You've heard me mention my dear friend Bo. She's the one we walk together in those races. Well, it's time for me to walk alongside her. Her husband, our dear friend Willie, is fighting an epic battle with cancer. There are some new special treatments that could really help, but the cost? Well, it's a challenge. And we know that nothing is too great for our God. If you feel led to share the love of Christ in this way, would you consider donating? Go to givesendgo.com forward slash Willie's life. We would be eternally grateful. Thank you.